Hi there, it is Allison McGee, your host. I'm coming to you from Wintry, Minneapolis, where I'm sitting here rereading a letter from a listener named Jean, who lives near Niagara Falls in upstate New York. It's a long letter, and I've read through it a few times already, each time finding something new or newly beautiful. In it, Jean writes about how she and one of her daughters began writing poems back and forth to each other in the beginning of the pandemic, which at this point seems, what, five years ago or so? And how poetry has become indispensable to her in this strange time. She writes about how her dad died a year ago and how she still sees him and senses him everywhere, uh, especially in story. Her question, which, which comes at the very end of the letter, is about her own words, her own voice. How and where can she find it? And how can she find both the voice and the courage to put it forth into the world? Jean's question about how to find her own words, how to put them forth into the world, feels so familiar to me. Maybe it does to you, too. I only ever wanted to be a writer, but being a writer is almost always a long, long, slow process. It seems so much slower to me than any of the other arts. You know, how can a musician be so incredible at age 18? How can a dancer fling herself across the stage at age 18? But writing? Oh boy, not so much. And along the way, like with most of the arts, and usually for your entire life, you have to find other ways to support yourself because the art isn't going to. How are you, most of the time, how are you going to make a living? How are you going to pay the bills? early 20s, for me, this meant uh, teaching. I love teaching. It feeds my soul. It feeds the world in ways that are way bigger than myself. But still, back then, when everyone, whenever anyone asked me the way people do in our culture, so what do you do? And I would say, oh, I teach Chinese at South High School. Something deep inside me wailed and shook. The outside me happily carried on a conversation about what a great school it was, how much I loved my students, how much I loved teaching, but inside, I just wanted to scream, but I'm really a writer. What I am is a writer. In my late 20s, I made a flat decision. I was just gonna say that. So what do you do? I'm a writer. Oh, cool, what have you published? I haven't which was an answer that led to its own set of minor frustrations. The truth is that you are what you feel yourself to be, what you work constantly toward being, even if there's no external evidence of it, which is a topic for another day. The fact is that saying who I was openly, calmly, without explanation, was a huge relief. It didn't really matter what the response was. I had claimed my place in the world. We, 
And when I say we, I mean I, of course, can stop ourselves, can stop myself up in so many ways. Not wanting to make waves, wanting to make things smooth for everyone around me, doing things I don't want to because I think I'm expected to, being quiet because others are talking, being quiet because others are talking, being quiet because others are talking and talking and talking and talking. That was the feeling I got and get when I read Jean's letter. She clearly cares so much for everyone in her life, her children, her neighbors, her neighborhood, her passed-on dad. That comment that her father comes to her in scent and light and silence, but more than anything else in story, says to me that he comes to her in her own stories, in her own voice, that he is always with her, yes, and so are her stories, her words. So maybe the real question from Jean isn't, how do I find my own words? Because she already has them. Every one of us is born full of stories. How do you put them forth into the world? That's an easy one on the surface. You just do. You claim your own space. The strange thing is that when you do that, when you claim your own ground, it's very rare in my experience that anyone questions it. People tend to stand down in the face of confidence, in the face of your claiming your own space. So claim yourself. Do it even if you have to fake it till you make it. And I am invisibly raising my hand here. I mean, literally, I am raising my hand here. You were born into this world to give voice to what matters to you what you alone most love. We are all creatures of story. We are filled up to the brim with stories, and those stories want out. We are their conduits. Let them flow. Not to mention that it is so much harder in the long run to bottle yourself up than to let yourself out. It takes great effort not to do something you so want to do. Think about the release you feel when you finally tackle that task you've been putting off and putting off and putting off Yeah, I'm talking to myself about my bedroom closet here. But it doesn't take much to free yourself. So many times in a classroom, hundreds and hundreds of times, I've set a timer for 12 minutes and said something like, all right, everybody, write about a time you were laughing in the dark. Or write about a time you surprised yourself. Or write about a time you were wild and free and watched every head dip down, pens begin to move, keyboards begin to murmur. When someone sets you free to tell a story, you will tell a story, so set yourself free. Dear, dear Jean, I am setting my timer for you right this minute, and I am setting it for myself and for all of us, wherever you are. Tell me about a time you felt powerful, wild, and free. There was such a time and maybe there were many of them. There will be such a time again, and maybe there will be many of them. Write about it. In the meantime, here is the poem that came to mind for Jean by the magical Maggie Smith. I love this poem. I think about it every day and what it is saying about everything that waits for us when we let go of the things that don't serve us anymore. When I think of this poem, I see old, 
dead trees falling everywhere in the forests of our minds, trees that were blocking everything we did not even know was in us. At the end of my marriage, I think of something my daughter said about trees by Maggie Smith. When a tree is cut down, the sky's like, finally, and rushes in. Even when you trim a tree, the sky fills in before the branch hits the ground. It colors the space blue because now it can. Well, that is it for today's show, my friends. Thank you for listening. If you liked it, please spread the word by sending the link to someone else who might like it. Give us a good rating if you're so inclined and can figure out how to do so. Original theme music for our show is by Dylan Parisi. Additional music is by Kelly Krebs. Today's poem, At the End of My Marriage, I Think of Something My Daughter Said About Trees, is by the wondrous Maggie Smith and is read with her kind permission. Words by Winter is created, hosted, written, produced, everything by me, writer Allison McGee. Tell me what you're going through, and I will go in search of a poem to help you through, to help us all through, the way that poems have been helping me ever since I was a little girl. You can send me a voice memo via email to wordsbywinterpodcast at gmail.com, or just drop me a line at the same address, which again is wordsbywinterpodcast at gmail.com. For more information, go to alisonmcgee.com. Words by Winter, conversations, reflections, and poems about the passages of life. Because it's rough out there, we have to help each other through. <laughs>